Good morning, everybody. Do you have any clue at all how important the first three minutes of a difficult conversation is? Well, you better. And if you don't, you want to keep paying attention this morning because Gottman, the world-renowned researcher in marriage and family, can predict divorce at a very high rate just based on how your first three minutes of difficult conversations go down. Welcome to Inspirational Comedy. I am your host, Michael Smalley. And before I get too deep here in the show, I just want to remind you that at smalleyinstitute.com, become a VIP, a very important person. Enter into the inner circle, the inner sanctum, if you will, of a brand new membership program that I've created that is going to give you tons of coaching. I've got someone within the VIP club right now who's watching via Zoom, and he gets to, uh, you know, when I'm done recording this podcast, we're going to hang out, and whoever else in the VIP club wants to join us, and I'm just going to take your questions, and I'm going to help you out with your life, and uh, just coach you in your relationship. And you get that all month long, almost on a daily basis, where you're getting live interaction with moi. So head on over to smalleyinstitute.com and check out the VIP inner circle club slash extravaganza helping stuff. Okay, so the first three minutes of a difficult conversation is going to set the tone for the rest of your time in that difficult conversation. So what I mean by that is if you start off poorly, if you're reacting poorly, if you're, if you're starting off harshly, then Gottman found out of the University of Washington that he can basically predict over 90% accurately if your relationship is going to succeed or fail totally. So when I say it's important how we handle ourselves Within the first three minutes of a hard conversation, which, you know, we've been learning that hard conversations are important. It's a part of the process. You got to you gotta know, you, you have to understand each other's needs, you have to understand each other's feelings, and you have to understand when you're missing the mark, when you're not doing what your spouse needs you to do, when you're feeling disappointed, when you're, when you really have a deep desire for something to change, something to improve. Those are important conversations. I talked yesterday that if the the painful conversations are actually an opportunity for intimacy, they're an opportunity for joy. And we can't really even know true joy unless we know sorrow and we know pain. So we need to stop looking at hard conversations as a bad thing. We just need to start learning how to do them differently. So in a six-year longitudinal study performed by John Gottman and Sybil Carré, they discovered that they could predict the likelihood of a couple's divorce by observing just the first three minutes of a conflict discussion. So there's three major errors that we make when it comes to difficult conversations. We assume that we know all we need to know to understand and explain a situation. So we come into the conversation going, I know what the deal is. I know if, if you would just do this, if you could just change your mind 
change your behavior, change your attitude, then we'd be fine, and I'm convinced because I'm a genius. Well, that's not the greatest idea. That's not going to get you closer. It's going to set you guys up for defensiveness, right? Because it's like, oh, okay, so you know. Well, unfortunately, the other person knows too. And my guess, those opinions and ideas of what the problem is are going to differ greatly. So we assume we know everything we need to know. We hide our feelings. So a difficult conversation comes up, and we're not honest. There's something we really are needing, something that does need to be confronted, that we need to be honest about, but we choose not to share it, or we go to the other extreme, right? And we, we let loose in a vomit of anger and hurt, and we just throw it all in there in ways that we tend to regret later. We might be ignoring who we are, acting as if our identity is separate from the issues, right? So we're not allowing, we're not embracing who we are. We're not honoring ourselves enough, frankly, to be honest. Doug Stone said, the key is to shift your thinking from I need to explain myself or deliver a message to I need to listen and learn more about what's really going on. So before you start these difficult conversations that are important to have, I got three questions you want to ask yourself, okay? Sort out what happened. That's number one. How do you see the situation? Where does your story come from? Information, past experiences, rules you've come up with over the years. What do you think you know about the other person's viewpoint? This is where we can start getting closer into empathy. Um, what impact has this situation had on you? So before going into this conversation, it's a good thing to know what are the feelings? What are my feelings? What buttons have been pushed? How have I been triggered? What are my needs? What's missing for me? What, you know, being curious about what the other person's intention has been. What have you each contributed to the problem? So what, what are the things that I could own that I need to take responsibility for that has potentially put me and us into this problem? So that's what, number one. Number two is you want to understand your feelings. So you got to explore your feelings and ask yourself, what, what bundle of emotions am I experiencing? At smalleyinstitute.com, and especially if you become a VIP member, you'll have access to downloads. And one of them is this, the feelings list. We did a huge study with 150,000 people where we whittled a list of like 900 feeling words all the way down to kind of the top 60, 70 feelings that people experience when in conflict. So you can download that list. You can look at it. I actually had a wife on the Q&A last night who said she has printed that out. And when her husband's upset and she's trying to understand and they kind of start to spiral, she'll hand him the list and she'll kind of go, was it this? Was it this one? And eventually it was like the husband would be like, that's it. That's the one. Don't be afraid to print out a list of feelings so that you can identify them. It's important to know what you're feeling because that's really the conversation that you want to have. 
And then thirdly, you got to ground your identity. How does this situation threaten you or have the potential to shake up your sense of identity? How do you see yourself, right? Like, who am I? Am I the kind one? Am I the upfront one or confrontational one? Am I... Am I a leader? Am I loyal? Who am I? Am I a good person? And then what do you need to accept in order to be grounded? And and grounding in the sense of I know who I am. I accept myself. This is why the issue or circumstance is important to me because of who I am. And so you got to have those three questions. You got to explore those things before you even try to enter into a difficult conversation. If you don't, you don't even know what you're talking about. And if you don't know what you're talking about, how in the world are you going to have a productive conversation? You won't. Can you feel that? You just won't. And then here's a big one that I've had to learn more recently over the years is the other question you have to ask before going into a difficult conversation. And remember, you don't have difficult conversations in the heat of the moment. That isn't going to do anybody any good. So I don't mean like something's happened, you've been triggered, a button has been pushed, and now's the time to try to process all this stuff. You can't. I've talked about that so many times before. The physiology, your biology takes over and you become irrational. So you got to take a break. You got to call that sacred pause and, and it's during the pause that you want to try to process these things I'm talking about today. But one of the things you got to process, should I drop it? Here, you're not going to like this, but Gottman has found in his research, and I tend to agree with it wholeheartedly, that the vast majority of conflicts couples get into and get stuck over and are miserable from are not solvable. They're what he would call perpetual problems. And most of the time, your general rule should be, I got to drop it. This is a family history difference. This is a personality difference. This is a massive gender difference. Whatever it is, it's not that important. It's not as important as you think it is. And you got to have some perspective because especially if you're really wiped out, you're going to make everything a big deal. Everything becomes a big deal when you're bankrupt emotionally. So should you just let this go? And when I say let it go, I don't mean avoid, sweep it under the rug, and then, you know, I just don't want to deal with the pain. No, it means genuinely going, hey, I got to be okay with this one. I need to let it go. This is my thing, not theirs. And, And you'll know you've let it go properly when your heart remains open to the other person, when you can remain affectionate when uh, you can still be kind, that, that'll show you've actually dropped the thing. So the other part of should I, should I drop it is, you know, what are my reasons for even bringing this thing up, right? Is my point of this difficult conversation changing the other person? Well, we all know how that goes. Just think about it for a second, people. How many times have you tried to have a conversation to tell your spouse, hey, you have a problem and you need to change. And how many times has that gone well? Uh, Zero. So you already know if my motivation is to change this person, it's not going to go good. 
Or am I trying to prove a point? Am I trying to say you're wrong and I'm right? Am I trying to convince the other person that no, 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 no. It's my reality that matters. It's my reality that's correct. Your reality is screwed up. And until you come over to what I think and how, what my opinion is and what my facts are, then I don't want anything to do with you. Well, you know, that doesn't help either. That is a terrible reason to get into a hard conversation. And if you're wanting to go from adversaries to teammates, then being intentional about the kind of difficult conversations that are important to have really does set your relationship up to succeed. And I promise there are so many things now that will pop up into my head that irritate me about my wife or about one of my kids or somebody I'm close to. And I have, I have recognized in my own life that many times it's totally appropriate for me to drop it, release it, right? I've, in, in one of the VIP uh, Q&A sessions, I was like, like a dove, right? Like, you're free, little birdie. Go, you know, be free. You got to allow your spouse to deal with themselves and God, and you can't be God for them. And we all know what that does. If you try to be the Holy Spirit to convict your spouse to change, uh, you're a real terrible Holy Spirit, by the way. In case you're unaware, I know you're convinced that you know exactly what, if your spouse would just do this, then you're wrong. And really, Christ is saying, and looking at you going, well, what are you going to do? What do you, what do you need to change? And I promise you got something. Nobody's free from sin. Nobody's free from dysfunction. And until you're willing to own that, until you're willing to focus all your energy on the things that you need to be doing, your hard conversations are going to continue to be adversarial. They're going to continue melting down. They're going to, you're going to continue feeling unsatisfied in your relationship. And once you take, once you make the choice to be intentional, to be thoughtful, before getting into a difficult conversation, you're going to remain stuck.